Hello and welcome back to another episode of Priority Status by JPR. I'm Abby Waters and joining me today is Nicole Hernandez. Known as the traveling hypnotist, Nicole is a clinical hypnotist, anxiety educator, speaker, and resident healer for the Four Seasons Hotel New York downtown. She specializes in helping anxious high achievers become impactful conscious leaders that can navigate life transitions such as career, relationships, money beliefs, and lifestyle changes with a sense of clarity and ease. Her signature approach, the hypnotic journey, combines modern hypnotherapy and mindful executive coaching. On the heels of National Wellness Month, I sat down with Cole to discuss how she embraced this practice of well-being and mindfulness after many years as a marketing professional struggling with stress. She offers insight into her unexpected journey to becoming the traveling hypnotist and one of the many resident healers at an iconic New York City hotel. She offers advice on ways to ease anxiety while traveling and even shares the destinations on her travel bucket list when she needs an escape from the city life. I truly found this conversation to be enlightening and informative and I hope all of our listeners will feel inspired to take a mini moment of wellness for themselves each day. And with that, let's get to the episode. Hi, Cole. Welcome to the JPR podcast, Priority Status. How are you doing today? I'm good, Abby. How are you? I'm doing so well. We're so pleased to have you here. Your story is incredible, and it's definitely one that inspires many of us at JPR, and I'm sure our listeners will find incredibly interesting. We certainly love to explore new industries, new spaces within travel, and your life pivot as a traveling hypnotist is certainly one that we would love to explore. So Nicole, for those who don't know what hypnosis is, can you explain briefly in your words what hypnotism is? Absolutely. So it has a lot of meanings, doesn't it? People kind of confuse it as to what it actually is. We make it out to be some kind of mysterious thing. We're actually always experiencing hypnosis on a daily basis. But all it is, to give it to you very simply, is it's a state of conscious focus. And in that conscious focus, we can associate into a suggestion. Now, people are like, well, I don't really believe in that somebody's going to tell me something, I'm going to believe it. You know, the concept of suggestion maybe seems a bit foreign to some or maybe a little skeptical to some. But I think of it this way, when you're even talking to your best friend and they're hyping up the latest restaurant that they went to, and that gets you excited, you're in a state of focused attention and they've delivered to you a suggestion, a recommendation, or you know, just told you something, you're listening. So you're actively listening, actively learning, and you take that in, right? So now we have a different way of understanding the world just by speaking to you know, our best friend. It, that's essentially how it works, but let me give you a different example of this and one that I think a lot of people can relate to. When you are watching a show, maybe it's something on Netflix, the one I've been watching lately has been White Lotus, you're so absorbed in that show and say you're dog barks or there's a you know a plane that flies overhead or you hear a siren you can tune out all of that right and just focus in on that show now you get to suspend belief 
in that time, in that moment, because even though, yes, you see this on screen, logically, you know that there is a director there, that those people are actors, that there's lights, that there's a, you know, a whole set and all of this is happening, but we can suspend our logic and associate into this moment, this picture, the movie. And that's essentially how hypnosis ultimately works. So when we are in a session and you're being led into this hypnosis and kind of guided into this visualization, if you will, you are seeing this movie in your mind. And as it's you're going through it, you're able to suspend all the logic and just associate into the vision that you're seeing as things are being suggested to you. And it ultimately creates a greater sense of learning so we can learn faster. Sometimes we can see, have those aha moments. And ultimately, hypnosis is about changing our perceptions. And I say changing our perceptions of the things that really have limited us in our life. So what has been holding you back in your life? And that can be changed. Anything from a phobia to, you know, the way that you even perceive, you know, walking into your office and getting those hundred emails, all of those things can change. It's all based on a narrative and a story that we're telling ourselves. So just a little bit of background on you and how you came to, you know, become a traveling hypnotist and would love to learn a little bit more about your story and your background. Yes, let's take this back so people can get a better understanding of this greater pivot that you mentioned. Like many that are probably listening to your podcast now, I was in the hospitality industry for 12, 13 years or so. I you know, originally started out in public relations and really enjoyed that. I was living in Dallas at the time and then quickly moved to New York City, then found myself within a hotel company and really shifted more into some of the corporate marketing aspects of the hospitality industry. So launching, branding, all of that came into play. And during that time, I was also teaching yoga and mind-body fitness on the side. You know, everybody has their side hustles these days, and that was certainly mine. I just got to a point where I was ready to kind of test the waters as a true entrepreneur. And sadly, my yoga business had not been as profitable as I had hoped it would be, although I truly loved that connection with people. And so kind of the mindfulness always was there as that underpinning. And I launched and went off on my own and started a brand storytelling consulting company. And I really wanted to focus working with more mindful, conscious wellness brands. So I did work with an offshoot of one hotels. Originally, I opened Hotel Figueroa. Those were some of my projects that I worked on at that time. But I think what's interesting is that sometimes we have this notion or this idea that it's the environment of working in corporate America or in our hotels that doesn't really allow us to feel like we can be fully expressed or that the environment is actually what's creating anxiety. And I was certainly expressing a lot of anxiety in terms of like stomach problems during the time I was working in corporate America. And I soon found out that it's kind of the age old saying, wherever you go, there you are. And so... 
as I became an entrepreneur and started to take on more clients and really, I, I mean, I did well financially. I doubled my income of what I had been making in corporate, but my body just took a total hit. I was experiencing panic attacks and then I started to lose my hair. So I had what's called stress-induced alopecia and people might know it as a bald spot on someone's head. You know, it's triggered by emotional stress primarily. Along with that, my gastritis kind of came back full force. So it was worse than it had ever been. I actually got to a point where I couldn't eat and I just felt really sick. So here I was with a full client roster trying to do it all and just really sick and all due to this overwhelming anxiety that was just plaguing me. And I don't know if you've experienced that, Abby, in your career or if you know people that have felt anxiety or experienced anxiety, but it can certainly be debilitating when you are trying to launch your business. So what happened was I kind of went on this journey of self-healing. And I had remembered somewhere back in the creases of my mind that there was an old colleague that I had worked with. This was at my last corporate position. And she was, you know, she, we always had that colleague that's always into all the alternative wellness stuff. And sometimes you're like, well, I don't know, that's a little far out for me. But she had mentioned hypnosis as one of the things that she had been using to help her with her own anxiety. And at the time, I just dismissed it. I just thought it was too woo-woo for me. I didn't really understand the connection of how hypnosis could help with anxiety. And so for whatever reason, I went on this on a walk one day, and it was a day that I was particularly feeling awful, and I really couldn't eat that day. And I had actually considered going to the hospital that day. Um, but I said, you know what, let me go for a walk. Maybe as my body moves, my digestive system will work with me. And I sat on the edge of the water and I was living in Long Island City at that time. So it's at the park there. And I just sat down and I decided to meditate. And as I did, this thought just came into my mind and it was just hypnosis. It just said, try hypnosis. I've learned now that when I get these kind of intuitive hits that I need to follow them. So I went home, I got on YouTube, I looked up hypnosis for your stomach, for stomach pain, and I started listening to the hypnosis. Now, what was interesting is that what I listened to sounded an awful lot like a meditation, right? So if anybody's gone to yoga class or even being online, you've probably experienced a meditation at some point in your life at this point. And I thought, well, you know, after being in yoga instructor and leading visualizations and meditations, this actually didn't feel so weird. And it was quite, felt quite normal and very similar to what I had already been teaching. So I listened to it and I did notice that it was as if there was a knot in my stomach and it just started to come undone, loosen a bit. And I, so I had this little bit of a sense of relief. And it wasn't that it had cured my stomach problems during that one session, but just listening to it, had, I'd noticeably felt more relaxed. And so day by day, I just kept going back to this specific hypnosis audio, listening to it when I felt my stomach flaring up or noticed that my anxiety was a little higher. Over time, 
the symptoms started to subside and I was able to start eating again. And then I saw a dermatologist for my head, but my hair grew back a lot faster. So I actually had an accelerated healing of the symptoms that I was having. And I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. I think we all know that there's we are at least we've heard or been somewhat educated now that there's that mind-body connection. But I really had that total knowing in my body and had my own story of how connecting these pieces had helped me to move through that faster. And so I decided to go learn more about hypnosis and I went through a training. And you know, I didn't really expect to go in and become a hypnotist. That wasn't actually my objective. I'd had a thriving business. I just found that through the process, it was just so easy. It almost felt like this had always been my calling. Like every single piece of the things that I'd learned in the past, the journalism, psychology, everything that I had been really highly interested in all seemed to be leading me to this one area. And once I kind of took it further and had even an additional healing where kind of worked on some childhood trauma, I found that it actually removed my panic attack. So I have not had a panic attack since that time. And if, you know, certainly COVID was a different situation for everyone. And I think even through that, it helped. It's incredible that you had this healing from the inside out and that you were able to keep coming back to a practice that really helped you to center yourself, to give you that inner peace. And now you're able to share that with other people. And that is an incredible thing because, you know, it goes beyond, like you mentioned, we kind of experience these micro moments of like meditation or maybe peace within our day that we seek out because we think that's maybe like the Thing that we need to do um, to help us ease anxiety or unravel a knot in our stomach from nerves or other things that maybe are part of our day-to-day life before working more of like a corporate job or something. But what you're mentioning is really a way of life and really like a way of finding peace, you know, every day and being able to have a practice that you keep coming back to, which is so amazing and you know, you mentioned, you know, you dove into learning more about hypnosis. And I'm sure that a lot of people are skeptical, you know, that maybe come to you and you tell them your story and, and, you know, they maybe say, does that really work? I would just (laughs) love for you to tell me more about, you know, the hesitation maybe around hypnosis and what you want people to know about hypnotism. Yeah, that's a really fun question and a good one because it comes up so much. And and honestly, I can relate because I was the same way. You know, I love science and I want to know what how this really works, especially with New Yorkers, which is really interesting. New Yorkers are like, all right, show me the information. I need to see data, right? Where Californians are usually like, let's just do this. <laughs> So I think it's kind of cultural, um, but it's interesting. But I think most of the understanding or the preconceived notions about hypnosis come from, obviously, from the stage hypnosis shows or mentalism that we might have all experienced, whether in college, high school, or just going out, you know, 
Vegas or whatever it might be. And you saw someone who was called a hypnotist. They went through the crowd. They kind of found these few people to bark like dogs, you know, dance on stages and do kind of these crazy things, right? So people assume sometimes that we're talking about the same thing and we're not. And I would also say that Hollywood has played a big factor into this too, because you have to remember before now, we didn't have a lot of like concrete research that was widely available. I think the internet has made the research that's been done over the years available to people so they have concrete data to understand it, but it wasn't really known until now. So hypnosis has been around for a long time, but it's now having this kind of resurgence as it's supported by the medical community, by scientists, by you know neuroscientists for that matter. So we understand how it's really connected to the brain. But what I want people to know is that everything that we do within this hypnosis session is really comes down to primarily changing perception, changing perception of pain, whether that's a physical pain we feel in our body, whether it's an emotional pain. So kind of alleviating the emotional load of maybe an old memory or maybe a repeating thought that we might have or belief. And so when we start to change those perceptions about ourselves, we can actually change our lives. So in the practice of hypnosis or hypnotherapy, it's not about mind control of like somebody else having mind control over you. It's about you taking back control of your mind from all the things that you've absorbed over your life. You know, people have different experiences throughout their lifetime. And certainly when we're children, we are much more open to just kind of accepting things that people tell us. And you'll find sometimes with little children, they might have had a teacher that said, you know, you're not good at math or you aren't a good reader or whatever that might be. There was, there might've been someone that was an authority, a teacher that said something negative about you. It, it could have even be a student at that time who said, you know, who do you think you are or you're a big nerd or whatever that was. And so we kind of keep that locked back, you know, in our minds. And then over time, we're building evidence for those beliefs, for that suggestion that was originally made. And then we build evidence for it so that it becomes part of who we are. But when you trace it all the way back to that moment, we can begin to start to change the perception of who we are within hypnosis. And to me, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to take back your life from that bully or that teacher, or even that parent who kind of suggested something to you in the past that has been holding you back from really living and thriving in the best possible way. It's amazing. And really a way, as you've said, um, a way to heal and a way to become more in line with your true self. Um, I know that, like you mentioned, there's a lot of external ideas about what hypnotism is. And, you know, I certainly um, have a lot of learning to do and I'm so fascinated by your story and the practice in itself. And, you know, I'm a little bit in the middle of what you mentioned of a New York mindset and a California mindset, um, uh -huh. you know, definitely wanting that, is this just another um, sort of taboo wellness, you know, treatment, or is it, you know, really something meant to be more of a true healing practice, you know, less 
what you're saying to um, spiritually and mentally really comes across in our physical bodies as well. And sort of to pivot on that, I would love to hear more about your residency at the Four Seasons New York downtown, um, the Healers in Residence program. Yeah. So the program actually started on International Women's Day in 2018. It was founded by Tara Cruz. She's at the Four Seasons Hotel, New York downtown. And so she's in charge of the spa and certainly led a lot of the Four Seasons properties spa programming. And she really wanted to create an opportunity to bring in different types of alternative healers and create a sanctuary of wellness that went beyond what we think of as typical as like the salt scrubs and the massages and to really bring in more of that mindful part of it. What's interesting is that hypnosis, as with a a lot of these other alternative healing modalities, they date back through time. So hypnosis specifically was used by the ancient Greeks and the ancient Egyptians, and they had what was called uh, temple sleep. And so you would essentially go to what you would think of as like the first hotel, sorry, the first hospitals, but they were, when we think of them now, we would say, oh, that's actually a lot like a spa because they were giving mineral waters. They were given opportunities to detox. There was drumming. There was, you know, these preparations for sleep. And so it was suggested to the people that went, whether they were dealing with a physical or emotional ailment, that they would receive information as to how to heal themselves from the gods. And so that was really kind of the first form of what we now know hypnosis to be. So it goes back a a lot further, but I love that the spa and the healing and wellness is really kind of coming back to its roots and reclaiming these parts of its heritage. And in a way that's accessible to so many people, I think that that there's, you know, a sense of education that needs to happen, of course, where people opt into experiencing something like hypnosis, especially when it comes with, you know, a side of potentially having to dig deep into parts of your life that you're not so comfortable or excited to talk about, but that it's, you know, truly more of a holistic wellness practice and something that spas and hotels are really embracing, which I think is incredible. And, you know, many of our hotels and resorts that we represent at JPR have transcended the typical spa offerings, as you mentioned, the salt scrubs, things like that, to really look deeper into what can really inspire travelers and even, you know, locals in the area that look to these spas as a place, as a true haven of wellness. I love the juxtaposition of New York City and, you know, finding peace in chaos and healing. You know, I specifically (laughs) think of the city as a chaotic place, but that you can really find this sense of place um, inside your mind and your body um, versus a physical place. And on that note too, you are a traveling hypnotist. Do you practice anywhere else besides the Four Seasons, New York downtown? Yeah. Well, 
I'll have to tell you, we are working on expanding right now into some other properties. So I can't share the details with you on that quite yet, but I will tell you that I have traveled and you know, even during the time of COVID, I traveled a lot to Texas and to Florida for sessions. And so there has been some aspects of being able to travel recently, but there actually may be a retreat that comes in this fall. And I'm just trying to finalize the details that would be in Mexico. But other than that, I'm really looking to start expanding into what I'll call the hypnotic tour and into these pop-up retreats. I love that. Next year. (laughs) That's incredible. What kind of are the destinations that are on your radar that you maybe personally find incredibly conducive to healing um, or, you know, peace? um, Yeah. Maybe typically are off the radar for most travelers. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I don't know if conducive to healing, but I really love New Orleans. There's just a depth to it. And it has been calling me for a while. So I'm actually going in October. I may be able to pair in some sessions then it'll be there during jazz fest. So if anybody's going to new Orleans and you want to do a sessions, let me know. That is something I might be doing soon. And then other than that, I'm really interested in things like Bali. I'd love to do more in Mexico just because, you know, my background is Mexican American and Honestly, I just haven't explored Mexico as much as I'd like to, but I think there's some really beautiful healing modalities that already exist. I found out not too long ago that my great-great-grandmother was actually a healer as well, focusing on more of the herbalist side, what we would call a curandera, so you know, more of what we call witchcraft, I guess, but in a way that feels is really more just about giving you know someone else plants and tonics that would be healing. So for me, it's exploring that and then exploring into Spain and some of the spaces there. Like I really just want to go full force around the globe. And considering that we've talked about ancient Egypt, that is definitely on my radar. I would love to do a full-on retreat in Egypt So hopefully we can find the right partners to help make that happen. I mean, that sounds incredible. I would love to do a retreat in any of those places that you mentioned, um, specifically focusing on off the radar places, maybe off the map. And I think what's so beautiful too about, you know, what you mentioned earlier in our conversation is that there are times that you can find those, you know, like many moments of meditation um, piece without having to commit to a full retreat. And I think that what's beautiful and really amazing about your what you do in your practice is that you can sort of dive as deep as you want. And I think that what you put into it maybe is like what you get out of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really incredible for people who want to maybe try something like hypnosis and try these other sort of like methods and um, holistic ways of, you know, healing, um, finding calm. It's amazing that you're working with partners such as hotels to curate and create these experiences for guests. I would also love to know if you kind of see the role of wellness, mindfulness, holistic well-being and trends playing a role in hotels and spas moving forward? Do you think this is 
sort of a growing industry trend? Or do you still Mm -hmm. see a lot of the more traditional spa offerings um, or wellness offerings at hotels? I think hypnosis is going to be just as accepted as yoga or meditation, especially as science kind of reveals the true understanding about how it functions in the brain um, and, and on our nervous system. So, you know, Stanford Medical's done a lot of research on hypnosis recently around how hypnosis allows a space where we're both alert because you actually aren't asleep during hypnosis. You are conscious. And it allows that alertness combined with a rested or more a down, um, excuse me, more <laughs> down-regulated nervous system. And so the combination of those two really allows a space for some beautiful healing to happen. And also it accelerates neuroplasticity. And we have certainly seen neuroplasticity as a topic in, in meditation, but specifically around how we change perception and being able to change that faster within this context of hypnosis, I think is really profound. It does allow a space where we can just begin to have control over our minds and we can also learn techniques to help us move forward. So even if you're not working with a hypnotist one-on-one, you can learn techniques that will help you regulate your nervous system and continue your own self-hypnosis practice long-term. But I do think it's going to be coming (laughs) to more hotels and more resorts, and it's just going to just be widely accepted. I I just think that's where we're going. I can't wait to personally, you know, try it, experience it. I think that it's incredible to be able to travel and know that, you know, it's so much more than just checking into a hotel now and, and laying by the pool, but that you can really have these life-changing experiences um, that are tied to the area, the local culture, um, you know, the city that you're in and truly feel that energy. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, when I travel to certain places, um, you know, like you mentioned, Mexico, even New York City and in Los Angeles where I currently live, I think it's just so incredible to be able to, you know, feel those vibrations of a place and being able to do that as you know, somebody who maybe has struggled with anxiety with traveling in the past. um, I think that that's such a great tool to have in your back pocket. I think on that note, I would love to kind of end the episode with a tip from you. What's sort of an unexpected travel tip as somebody who has done quite a lot of traveling um, that you'd give to people who experience high anxiety or who may not be so excited to be traveling, um, you know, after, <laughs> after the crazy year that we've gone through with the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things that I would suggest, first of all, we want to think about the words and the labels that we put on our travel. So I actually had, I guess there was somebody that wrote in on the four seasons Instagram and had asked how to deal with stressful travel. And I thought, well, you're already labeling it as stressful. So that's problem number one. We have to start working, first of all, on the perception around what we're expecting. Like, what's the expectations of your travel? If you're already expecting it's going to be stressful, then your mind is going to start automatically looking for ways to prove that it is stressful. 
And so we'll start there. Like that's just starting with basic mindfulness. So true. (laughs) Right. So let's start with how about I'm going on a trip and how can I be more curious or what will I learn? And so just having a different expectation about your travels will be the first step here. Secondly, I would say, you know, breath has been really important. Just understanding how quickly our using our breath can help us to downregulate our nervous system is really important. So the out breath is more important than the in breath, meaning it just needs to be longer. So if you were to take a count of four breathing in and then a count of eight breathing out and just continue that pattern until you just notice that your heartbeat starts to slow down and you feel better. That is the quickest way to get yourself back into a place where you can be present. For people that maybe have children and are trying to find some kind of mindfulness practice on the road, especially if you're in a car, you know, doing a road trip, I would say bring a bottle of bubbles with you and give them to your kids, have one for yourself. You take that inhale and as you're exhaling, blowing those bubbles, just let that breath take those bubbles out. And that's just a quick and easy way to make it fun for you to experience mindfulness and kind of this down regulation in a way that you can actually interact with your kids with. And if you could do it by yourself, you know, you can blow bubbles at your desk. That's also an easy way to do it too. So those are a couple of things. I would also say look to learn self-hypnosis before you travel or work with a hypnotist if that's within your budget, especially if you're someone that's afraid to fly. You'll want to do you know, one to two, maybe three sessions, depending on the severity of your phobia. But that can really help you just transform your life to not have a phobia around a fear of flying Or, you know, I've worked with somebody that had a fear of wearing a mask. And so, you know, masks are required on airplanes and we knocked it out in two sessions. So it was... That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, phobias are actually pretty easy to knock out, which is really great to know. You can have something that's impacted your entire life and kept you from traveling. There was actually someone else that was afraid of automatic toilets, you know, the one, so you go in the restroom and it automatically flushes. She had a bad experience when she was a little girl, got locked into the bathroom stall and then the toilets all started to go off. And so she developed a fear of them. So she couldn't fly more than three hours because she couldn't go to the restroom in the um, airplane. She was afraid of that automatic flushing sound. These things can be very debilitating, but they're just beliefs, perceptions, experiences from our past, and they can be changed, which is such a beautiful thing to know. And so using hypnosis, we can work with them and begin to change our perceptions around them. Well, this has been amazing. I have learned so much from just our conversation so excited to follow you on your journey as you, you know, start to do more um, traveling hypnosis. (laughs) Um, Where can our listeners find you, Cole? Yes. So you can find me at thetravelinghypnotist.com on Instagram at thetravelinghypnotist on Facebook at thetravelinghypnotist. And you can also find me at the Four Seasons downtown New York um, on their spa page. It's under the residence program, so healers there. Incredible. Thank you so much for joining us on Priority Status, Cole. It's been a pleasure. 
Thank you so much, Abby. It's been so fun to speak to you today.